guys, it's Kristen. I'm back with the Ride or Die Tribe podcast. I'm so happy that you've tuned in. It's sort of weird to be back, uh, especially under these circumstances. This whole quarantine, stay-at-home order thing has pushed me back onto the microphone. And I'll admit, at first I was kind of like, oh, about it. And then I got excited. So let me tell you why I stopped doing new episodes of the podcast. And then uh, we'll go from there. So I had, I did, I think, about just over 60 episodes of the podcast, one a week. Um, and they were really great. I love talking to the women. But to be really honest, it was in post-production, doing all the things to make sure the intro music and the outro and all that stuff was put in place and nice and uploaded perfectly and graphic cards done and all that. It became very overwhelming and I, it, didn't, it didn't spark joy. What? All right. I just Marie Kondoed the podcast apparently. But really now I feel like, one, I have a whole bunch of time on my hands, but two, what I'm seeing is sort of an increase in an epidemic uh, of emotional repression, if you will. And that is a lot of people are posting on Facebook about their homeschooling and about like their not being at work and just the different struggles that they're having. And I see a lot of people posting successful things, which is so awesome and so exciting. And I love that people are trying to remain positive. But for me, what it did for me personally, and I'm not speaking for anyone else, for me personally, it got me sort of feeling bad about myself. Like, I don't enjoy homeschooling. I wasn't made to be a teacher. I, this is, I don't want this to be a thing. I'm not ready to stay at home. I'm raging against this machine of quarantine and the quality time and the family bonding. And it's not that I don't love those things, but it just being forced into anything for me is really not a good idea. You force me into anything, and it's the surefirest way to get me to stop doing whatever it is that you want me to do. I, I've always sort of felt like a cat in that way. It's like, I'll come to you if I want to, but if you grab me, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to claw your eyes out. So that's how this whole thing has felt to me. And through that, I sort of went back to what the podcast originally started out to be, and that was Women Empowering Women. And it doesn't take as much as you think it does to empower other people. It really just starts with telling your story and being really honest about the struggles and the challenges that you've had along the way. And when you share those, one, you feel freedom because you're not carrying it alone. But secondly, the person listening, usually there's somebody many somebodies who connect deeply to what you're saying. Maybe not because their circumstances are exactly the same, but because they've experienced the same kinds of emotions you ha are feeling from similar situations or even completely different situations. But in the end, the value of sharing your story is in the immense connection that then occurs from person to person. We weren't created to live in isolation, and that's why this quarantine is so hard, right? We were created for connection. We were created for community, and now it feels like that's been ripped away from us. So if I can share with you what I'm going through day to day, the good, the bad, the ugly, everything in between, my hope is that it won't necessarily make it easier for you, right? This is a hard thing we're doing, but maybe you won't feel as alone. And so there is, in a sense, when we don't feel as alone, that things are a little bit easier, but that beca is because of that connection. When we don't feel alone, it's because we feel in community. We feel seen, we feel understood, we feel connected. And that's what's going to get all of us out of this and through this. Okay, 
So that's why that's why I'm back with episodes of the Ride or Die Tribe podcast. And so I'm not entirely sure how this is going to go, right? I don't know how long I'm going to keep doing episodes. I don't know how frequent they're going to be. It's going to be um, kind of a hit or miss probably. I don't want to over-orchestrate it. I, you, if you've been a listener of my podcast, you probably recognize something's different right off the bat. There's no fancy intro, no music, no whatever. And this is just going to be a very stripped down, very raw dog podcast. And I feel really good about that. So in some ways, I guess this is a lot for me. It's therapeutic as much as it is for wanting to help you and help you feel connected and not so alone. But uh, this is how it's going to go. And I'm really excited to, to see what happens and, and see see who it connects with. So let me first, at first, after I've just talked for five minutes, let me start by telling you how our quarantine experience began. So it started really, so my kids have been out of school since March 3rd, and that's been just over a month now. So they came home from school on a Thursday afternoon, and it was said, hey, we're going to be closed on Friday and Monday. All right, cool. Friday, Monday. I can handle that. This is great. But I was also stressing a little bit about work. I had some things going on and it just, and it was bad time. They they had just been out of school on Tuesday for an election and I was really behind and I kept thinking, well, I'll just do it this Friday. I'll do it this. And then, okay, kids are out of school. Fine. All right. So Monday comes around and we're like, all right, going back to school tomorrow. And then we get the call. No more school the rest of this week. Okay. Well, that meant that that week of the, what was that? This, the, sixth or whatever it is um there would be no school and then the following week was our planned spring break week so okay we're out for two weeks all right but we're going on a trip for spring break we're gonna go visit my parents we're gonna change the scenery we'll get the hang of it this will be fine we'll go to the zoo we'll go to the parks we'll visit friends we'll do whatever fine oh I forgot to mention that even prior to that we'd had a day out of school because the week before, I think it was, and I might be getting this all mixed up, but there was another day that we were out, and I think it was the Friday prior, because a case of coronavirus had been reported in our county, and so all the schools closed in order to do deep cleanings and all of this stuff. So it was already really weird and just sort of, you know, like nobody saw this coming, I guess. And so I was like, okay, we've got a couple days off here and there. I'm behind, but I can make this work. All right, so fast forward to the end of that first full week out of school and we're going into spring break week and I'm looking forward to we're going to leave we're going to go have a change of scenery my parents call they don't want us to come (laughs) they don't want us to travel they don't feel good about it they're even thinking about coming home early so they have a house in Florida and they but they also they live in Tennessee and then they snowbird in Florida now that's their new thing so I'm like okay now I've got week number two home with the kids now let me tell you something about me Um, and sometimes I do feel really bad saying this, but I'm going to, like I said, I promised the good, the bad and the ugly. So here it is. I love my children. I love my kids. I love my daughters. They are my whole world. I would die for them. I, oh God, I give everything for them. But you guys, I hate parenting. Like I don't really enjoy being a mom. And if that makes any sense, I don't know. But like I'm sure some of you are gasping and there may be others of you out there jumping up and down, rejoicing, going, hell yeah, I'm not the only one that feels that way because that's a really heavy thing to admit, right? Like I don't enjoy being a mom. Like there's a lot of guilt that comes with that because aren't we supposed to love it? But I just, it's so hard 
And it has no reflection. It's no reflection on whether I love my kids or what kind of mom I am. I think I'm actually a hell of a good mom. It's just that I, man, I just don't enjoy the stuff of being a mom. And I was talking to a good friend of mine who, if again, if you've been a listener of the podcast for a while, you may recognize uh, Tammy Gibson. I was talking to her the other day when I made this first out loud admission of how I feel about being a mom. And I appreciated her sort of saying, you know what, you may enjoy them more when they're grown uh, because they can have more conversations and do all the things. And I thought, you know what, that may be very true. So um, I, yeah, I don't know what to say about that other than two weeks home with my kids for me is just absolutely terrifying. And my kids are very intense. They're very creative. They're very spirited. They're very bright and they're very challenging. And all of these things are great things that will lead to a lot of success in life for them. But man, does it make parenting hard. And so I was facing two weeks of what the hell do I do and how am I going to work? But also what's going on because tra- people are stopping traveling. And I, you, as you know, I stopped my podcast at the exact same time that I started my travel business, Adventure Alchemy. And so that was like a whole, it was just a lot of stress. So we spend the week home, spring break week, and I'm thinking, okay, cool, like we're going to get back to normal. And then the announcement comes, school is closed till April 3rd. Well, April 3rd has come and gone, you guys, and the kids are not back in school. No sirree. So we, as we are approaching April 3rd, it gets extended to April 24th. And you guys, let's be really honest about this. There is no fucking way these kids are going back to school They're, like this year. It's just not happening. So we're we're kind of stealing ourselves for that although sort of holding out hope and every time the phone rings and I see that it's the school district I sort of like wince and answer it hesitantly and hope it's not the official call saying school is out so all right so spring break week I was fairly lax like we did some stuff like it was fine but I was thinking we're gonna go back to school then it's nope not going back to school all right so what am I gonna do so Saturday and Sunday night which are like the last two days before the Monday that would have been our day back to school. And all these moms, all of them, all of them are posting on Facebook about homeschooling. And I'm going to do this. I'm going to do that. And the school district is emailing saying, we're giving you resources. We can't require your kids to turn in homework, but we can offer resources for you to help them keep learning. And I'm thinking, okay, 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 I got to do this. And I will say, I and I could be wrong on this. So if if this is not the case where you live, I would love to hear from you. DM me, email me, whatever. But I, so we, we are very fortunate to live in an affluent county and achievement and kids achievement and accomplishments and academics are at the top of everyone's priorities here. So I'm hopeful that, that what I'm experiencing is somewhat uh, exacerbated simply by the socioeconomic area in which we live. Um, and that in other areas, moms aren't feeling the pressure to keep up with the Joneses so much. But I have felt a tremendous amount of pressure to have like this school area set up and curriculum and know what we're doing. And I, I felt very overwhelmed by it. So my solution was, okay, the kids need to keep learning. This is going to be for a month. It's going to be fine. Right. And at that point, we're thinking, yeah, it's a, it's a couple weeks. It's fine. So I kind of hail back to when I was first becoming a mom and had dreams of homeschooling, thinking I would love to homeschool because I am such a free spirit and my kids would benefit so much from an 
you know, non-traditional education, and I would have loved that. So I had uh, years and years and years ago done a whole lot of research and investigating into unschooling. Some people call it world schooling. But I, I knew very early on that if I was ever to homeschool, it would be through this method of unschooling, which is basically like you don't have workbooks and worksheets and stuff, but the, it's led by the, the student, basically by the child, where they pick a topic that they're interested in that covers multiple subjects, and they learn their subjects through that topic. So rather than going, okay, we're learning math and we're doing it this way, it's like, okay, my older daughter's really into horses, always has been, rides, does the whole deal. So for her, it might be, oh, we're going to learn about horses. And so we're going to do math by doing calculations around like gestation periods and herd size or, you know, like acres needed for horses to live. I don't know. I'm making all of this up, but you get the idea. It involves a lot of field trips, a lot of all involves a lot of experiencing the world, all things that I am obsessed with. So I was like, OK, this is how I'm going to do it. I sat down with a piece of paper and I started writing out a schedule of what day, you know, we were going to do like reading and a project in the morning and then we were going to do a PE and then a snack and then do science and a project in the afternoon and journaling. And I looked at it and it was giving me so much anxiety. My chest was hurting. I just, I wanted to crawl under a rock and just never be seen again. So I erased it and I went back to the drawing board and I came up with a better solution, which I still think is a good solution. And so instead of saying, this is what our, you know, instead of trying to mimic what a traditional school would look like, which still is not the point of homeschooling, but I thought, well, maybe they'll still thrive in some structure and they need some routine. So back to the drawing board I go and I put together this goals kind of structure and the goal would be like read 30 minutes a day journal two pages 30 minutes of math an hour of physical activity um, housework you know different things like that so it was really rather than like doing these things in this order these are the things we want to accomplish in the day and we can accomplish them however we want to so I put that up on the whiteboard and I was like, this is how it's going to work. But I also do feel like we need to have a start time in the morning so people aren't just like being complete slobs and waking up whenever they want. So I told the kids, I was like, quote unquote, I'm doing my air quotes, school starts at 9 a.m. So by 9 a.m. you need to be up, dressed and have had breakfast. And then we would start with like our devotional and prayer time and journaling and then we would move into our stuff. So I told them, hey, tomorrow day one is orientation. It felt it felt very clever and I felt very optimistic and I was feeling like, okay, I know what I'm going to do. I know how to do this. They're going to love it. It's going to be great. It's going to be amazing. We go to bed. Wake up the next morning. Piper, my little one, she's nine. I call her little one, but she's tiny, but she's also nine. So she's not, I mean, she's getting bigger, but she'll always be my little one. So Piper wakes up with her alarm. She's all ready. She comes bounding into my room, completely put together, all dressed up. And it's like 8.15 and she looks at me. She goes, I'm ready for my first day of school. And I said, you look great. She goes, you know I like to dress up for the first day because first impressions are everything. And I just started laughing because that's very typical of Piper. If any of you are students of the Enneagram, um, while I like severely do not type children, I can tell you, this is between you and me. I would never tell my kids this. Um, that's not true. I may have mentioned it once or twice. Oops. But um, she would be most similar at this point in her life to an Enneagram one. So there's like a very right way of doing things like she wants to do things the way they're supposed to be done. And so she was up and she was taking care of business and at it. Now, Layla, on the other hand, she's much more like me. She is she is everything akin to an Enneagram seven. Uh, 
and does not enjoy anything that's not fun. And uh, I think she may have an eight wing because she gets a little right with you sometimes about it. But, you know, you know, it's, it's going to evolve anyway off of that. So I get her up and I'm like, it's time to get ready. We have breakfast. We sit at the table. And I said, OK, guys, I'm trying to be the cool first day teacher. Right. And make this like kind of like creative. And I'm like, today we're going to name our school. Okay, immediately we started fighting because they couldn't agree on a name. And there were so many names, and Layla's like, I don't like that one. And Piper's like, but I like this one. And I was like, fine. You know what? You guys can have separate school names. You pick a name, and you pick a name. So Layla's happy. She's picking a name. Piper's like, no, I want us to be at the same school. And I'm like, oh, oh, sweet Lord, please help me. I'm just sitting there at my table praying that somehow this is not how everything is going to go. So finally get everybody on board with having a different school name and I'm like your task is to draw a picture of your school's name and like mascot and whatever so they do that it's great so then I take them through what our goals are going to be each day how we're going to do it rah 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 and friends it it was misery I kind of I've kind of blanked out to be honest on how anything else they did do their first journal page they were not happy about it they were very unhappy about it in fact Piper will do things just because of the rightness of doing it. Uh, Layla did not want to do it because she does not enjoy writing or journaling. But I was like, oh, man, like my kids have to stay up on things. All the other kids are going to go back and they're on top of it. And my kid's going to be at the bottom of class. and They're not going to graduate high school and they're going to like be a failure for the rest of their life. And this is where our brains go. Right. And I I'm certain somebody listening, like, please, just like one person send me a note and say, yes, me too, sis. Like. Because I'm telling you this stuff so you don't feel alone, but also I don't want to feel alone either. So I'm I'm fairly certain I'm not the only one that felt this. I'm actually pretty sure most moms have felt this. So, okay, snack time becomes a fight because they don't want the snacks that I want. The, this is always a fight because I'm pretty crunchy about the food that my kids eat. So we're arguing about snack. And then I go up to my daughter's room, to Layla's room, and holy shit, it is a tr- brain wreck like trash on the floor everything everywhere so like I can't even describe to you the amount of disaster I encountered and this is an ongoing thing with her so she's constantly constantly hearing pick up your room do this and trash everywhere she's like a damn hoarder she throws all of her trash on the floor god love her but she uses her room as a landfill and I lost it completely completely lost it yelling screaming and the more I'm like picking up stuff to put in a pile for her to pick up the more stuff I'm finding and candy wrappers which we've argued about for years like we aren't allowed food up in bedrooms anyway and we don't keep candy in the house so like she gets candy from her friends and convinces people to give her candy like it's like it's really serious actually and I'm finding candy wrappers and there's trash all over the floor like one of my biggest pet peeves that I'd never had in my life because I've never encountered it before. But now it's my biggest pet peeve is the empty toilet paper rolls. Why? Why do they end up on the floor next to the trash can or all over the bathroom floor when the trash can is right next to the damn toilet? It's right there. Right there. Right there. But no. So there's like six of those around. I'm going through room. Like I'm finding all kinds of hideous, horrible things that I'm not even going to say because I don't want to embarrass her. But like it was so bad I lost it I lost it and I found a a gallon Ziploc bag of slime under her sink and we've had a strict no slime policy in our house for at least two years 
And a week ago, there was like shaving cream out and we weren't sure what was going on. And she would like claim she wasn't making slime. Well, turns out she was. I found the slime. And not only that, she'd taken some of my precious nectar of the gods coffee beans and put them in her slime and hid it under her bathroom sink. And I found it and I got so mad that I threw it at her. And then the bag broke open and slime went everywhere. And I screamed, this is why we can't have slime. Which is not true. We can't. It's not that we can't have slime because I'm going to throw it at her and break it and get it everywhere. It's because slime gets everywhere. But guys, I'm just telling you, these are not things I'm proud of. But this is the shit that happened on our very... We're still on day one, guys. It's not even 1230 yet on day one of our official quarantine or whatever. It was so bad. And she starts crying and I'm crying and I lost it. So I leave her room and I go downstairs. I go in my room and start crying. And then I come back up and she's in bed sobbing. So I climb in bed with her and she's holding on to me. I have clearly hurt this precious human being that I love so much. And then my heart's hurting and I'm wrought with guilt and I'm still mad about her room. But I'm like, how can I be mad about her room without like destroying her as a person? I don't know how to do this. I hate parenting. Meanwhile, Piper, I don't know what she's doing. She's just like taking cover, staying under the radar. I don't know. Probably she was, I, I don't know. Like knowing Piper, she was probably cleaning her room profusely. <laughs> but anyway, wasn't proud of it. So the afternoon kind of calms down a little bit. But man, Layla just could not get her mouth under control. She's sassy. And I'm trying. I'm trying to be understanding, you guys, because we're all in this. And as hard as it is for me, it's hard for them, too. But like my business is now like shut down. Uh, the week prior, I had applied for jobs to drive for Uber Eats and shipped and all these things. And I went from being this like ex- like passionate business owner with a booming business that had just been featured in the Boston Globe to being a part-time food delivery driver and stay-at-home homeschool mom. None of which have ever been on my list of things I wanted to do in life. And while I know that I'm struggling, I know my kids are struggling because they miss their friends. Their whole world's been turned upside down. And even though they aren't saying it, I'm sure they're feeling some anxiety around what's happening. And I did not show up in that moment for my kids or for myself. And man, did I make a mess. All right. So this is where the story turns around, right? (laughs) No. So the day goes on. She's sassy and lippy and I'm progressively losing my shit. Piper's being great. That's what she does, especially when things get intense with the other siblings. She steps up and she's like, and now I get to be the star student. I get to be the favorite child. I get to be the rock star. I get to be awesome and show how amazing and superior I am. That's what she does. It's pretty funny, but it's also super annoying. So the day goes on. We get to evening time and dinners happen. Like I'm just still I'm melting down. My husband gets home. I'm still losing it. And then I don't know, I don't know where, I don't even actually, okay, so apparently blocked out the trauma of this. I think it was, no, it was the next day. Okay, so that's day one, and I vow I'm going to do better the next day. So the next day, wake up, I find more shit, more, more mess in different places in the house. And I'm like, what is this? So we have these like aluminum water bottles, the kids do, they each have one. And they're kind of like, they're not any heavier than like an aluminum beer bottle, you know, that they now have at the concert. So you can't like crack someone over the head with a glass bottle and get arrested, which is sort of no fun. But also I get it. It's safer. So they have these aluminum reusable water bottles. 
and I start raging again and she woke up with her attitude again and I okay so on day two let me wait let me backtrack just a little bit day two I woke up and I was like okay I'm not gonna do this the way I was doing it like I I made a post on Facebook about how like tragic the first day was I hated it it was miserable people sent and I was like I'm sad I'm angry everything's changed I'm mad about that I'm sad about the way I treated my kid I feel like an absolute 100% failure in every possible way in life and it's all bad people were super sweet. (laughs) Something good came of social media. So people were super great, super sweet, very encouraging. People started posting articles on my page about like either ideas for homeschooling or just really more like about giving yourself some leeway and some room to not be, you know, the homeschool mom of the year because I clearly am not. And there was something in there that had talked about like lowering the bar and like, okay, lowered a little bit more. And I was like, cool. And then it was like, drop the bar to the ground. I was like, oh, I like this article. So I wake up day two, absolutely convicted that like, okay, I'm lowering the bar. We're going to do away with like the way that I was doing it. And we're going to have some, you know, more free form, whatever. Day starts. I find all the shit. I lose it. So this, okay, so now we're back to the aluminum water bottle part. I pick up this aluminum water bottle and I'm so mad at her. She's standing on the stairs and she's giving me the stink eye and sassing me. And I throw my water bottle, her water bottle at her. It's empty. And it's super light. But that's not the point. I threw a bottle at her. And I just felt so bad. So then I was like, no. I'm like, this is not. I can't do this every day. And this isn't fair to them. We're not doing this. So I remove myself for a minute. And I get real right with myself. And I go back to this article. Not actually, but like in my mind. I go back to this article. And all I kept thinking was, like, lower the bar. Lower it more. Okay, now put it on the ground. And I was like, you know what? fuck that. Like I am burning this damn bar because this bar is making me crazy. I'm trying to live up to a thing that one, I didn't choose. I don't want to be and isn't what I'm good at. Like I'm not equipped to do this homeschool thing. And other parents had amazing articles of like, you know what? The people that homeschool, they've spent a long time researching it and making the decision very carefully and preparing and choosing curriculum and being prepared for it. And we've been thrown into this fire. And I'm like, I am putting myself up against some extremely unrealistic expectations. So uh, long story, also very long. <laughs> There's nothing short about this story, I guess. Because you guys, this is really just day one and morning of day two and all things I'm not proud of and probably DCS is going to call me and they're probably going to take my children away, but amazing. So yay, coronavirus. I'll just cough on them, right? That works? Okay. Well, if you're listening, I also just ask you, please don't call DCS. Uh, please. <laughs> all right. So... These aren't, I've never thrown anything at my kids until this coronavirus, which I think also is a testament to how stressful this time is. So there's that. All right. So I decide, I think about this, and I'm like, what is it that I'm good at? And that's, oh, it's also it was raining, so we couldn't go outside. It was miserable. I'm like, what I'm good at? I'm good at creating fun and adventures and being spontaneous and doing unexpected things. And that's what I'm going to do. I'm going to try and create that experience so Another meme that I saw that actually has really like kind of even overpowered the lower the bar one was about how in 20 years from now, you know, your kids, they're going to look back at this time in one of two ways. And one way is going to be like it was a really hard, stressful time or that was the coolest time of my life. And I want them to say this was the coolest time of my life. We got to do things we never did. And we got to have like these fun adventures and experiences. And I'm like, I'm that mom. I'm the adventure mom. I can do that. I can create cool adventures. So I decided that's what we're going to do. So I told the kids, I was like, hey, here's the deal. I want you to read 30 minutes a day. I'd like you to journal every day. We may or may not do that uh, because I am terrible at keeping them accountable to that kind of stuff. But, you know, I think it, there is value in journaling, and we do it a lot in the summer. 
but I just have struggled with it. So anyway, dropped the bar, burned it, decided we're going to have fun. And then we started, I started planning hiking adventures. The weather got nicer the next day and magically I didn't feel crazy. My daughter got her period and magically was not a hormonal crazy person. And oh, all was once again well in the house. Um, so I could keep going, but I'm going to, I'm going to stop at that point um, because it, it really, I think, paints a picture of what we were thrown into and how hard it is. And I pride myself on being resilient and on being able to handle change and being able to go with the flow. But I, I failed. I was not graceful about it. I took it out on my kids and I was feeling my own deep personal struggles and stress around like my company and my identity and I failed them. Now, there comes redemption. And I think this is the important part for all of the parents listening. Not just parents, everybody listening. Is that that's not the end of the story, right? There's redemption. And a wonderful, wonderful thing about kids and something I continue to learn from them on a daily basis is they are so damn forgiving and forgiving in a way that's like, I don't deserve your forgiveness. Like, please be mad at me forever, but also don't be mean to me because I need to bury you. But they are so forgiving and they're so resilient. And I also had the chance then to model for them what it looks like to be truly sorry and truly remorseful and what it means to love someone and to make amends and accept responsibility for your poor decisions and the ways in which you've hurt them and the hurtful words and actions that you've said and done. And I hope, I hope that when they're older, sure, they'll remember times when mom was yelling, but what I really hope is they remember how much I, I wanted to make things right after it was done and how much I've tried to not be that mom as the norm. So that's kind of my thoughts for today. And I think that's, I think that's a good place to start this podcast. It was a, it was a train wreck. And then I get to, uh, to, to the next episode. I want to tell you a little bit more about some of the great things we did and how we've recovered from just that. I mean, it really was just a shit show, like how we recovered from that train wreck, whatever you want to call it, but it was so bad. So thank you so much for listening. It actually feels really good to be on the mic and putting out a podcast again and sharing life struggles with you. It's sort of healing for me and I hope it is for you. I hope you'll subscribe. I hope you'll leave a review. I hope you'll share this podcast with someone that needs to hear it. And I hope you know that whatever you're struggling with right now, you are not alone. You may not have had the same struggle that I had on those first day and a half, <laughs> day, day and a quarter of quarantine. But I know you're struggling. I know we're all struggling in our own unique and special ways. And in that comes that community is that none of us is struggling alone, even though our struggles are very individual. I bid you farewell for now. I hope you'll subscribe and listen in next time. And just know that I'm thinking of all of you and standing shoulder to shoulder with you and we are going to make it.